Welcome back to the Why So Serious Podcast. I am your host, Brandon, and we are back for another Star Wars Rewind. Uh, we got Big Mike back. Mike and Devin couldn't make this episode, um, but we got a special guest that hasn't been on the show in a long time, but he's always welcome on the show. Old Man Wade is back with us. What's up, Old Man Wade? <laughs> That's all I got. What is happening? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Life is good. Got a new job coming up. Getting getting rid out of a, getting rid of this place. This new company I'm at is so bad it makes my old company look like Google. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm gone. I'd rather work on a fucking Death Star. See, here's the thing. This is what I was thinking about when I was watching this this movie today. The people on the Death Star, right? Do they ever leave? Like, that? Do they just work nonstop? Like, is the Empire? Do they pay them? Like, I don't understand. Do they just want the power? It looks like they don't have any life. Like, what's the point of having all the power in the world if you don't have a life? I actually saw that a, is... a documentary on that. On uh, I think it was called Robot Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that that is my question for every like James Bond movie. Any anything with like an evil henchman. Like, do these guys get vacation time? Like, what's the point of working here and then making money? I'm assuming. If you like, you're just there all the time and can't go anywhere. So I'm, I'm with you. Not even the henchmen, like the admirals and like the people in charge. Like, do they ever just get to like, you know, I'm gonna go chill on this beach planet for like six months and chill out, bro, and I'll be back like in six months. Y'all, y'all handle this without me. Like, do they get to do that? Do they get to go to the brothels and hang? Like, what do they get to do? Or do they just stuck on the Death Star 365 days? Also, how do years work when you're in space? You know what's funny? It's kind of like, you know what best example of this would probably be Venture Brothers. Because, like, all of the monarchs, like, henchmen, like, they pretty much stay on the cocoon the whole time. So, and, like, they do leave, like, you know, and go and do other things, but they have their own, like, sleeping quarters. So I kind of assume a lot of it's very cult-like. But then again, you get um, Hydra, like, Bob Agent of Hydra has a life outside of Hydra and, and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's weird trying to decipher, like, what they actually do. Yeah, so uh, just so everybody knows, uh, we've done episode one, two, and three in Rogue One, and today we're doing the first Star Wars movie in real life time, uh, Star Wars episode four, New Hope. Luke Skywalker joins forces with a Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, and a Wookiee, and two droids to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station, while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the mysterious Darth Vader. Um, So, Mike, we always start with Big Mike. Uh, rewatching this film, what'd you think? Uh, I, I loved it. Um, I, I was a little bit head, like a little worried rewatching it. I, I feel like I've seen it probably within the last two or three years or so. So I, I, I was still a little fresh in my mind, but I was worried because especially coming off rogue one and how awesome that movie is going in such a decline in, in technology and in graphics and everything. I was I was worried I was going to be disappointed, but uh, I actually really liked it. I remember my brother, he, he was he's kind of doing the same thing we're doing, but he went in chronological order in of release order instead mm-hmm. of uh, a chronological and in, in terms of the universe. So he like he watched it and he's like, man, New Hope is a fucking mess, man. It, it's all <laughs> over the place. But I I didn't I didn't really think of it that that way at all. Um, the only thing that I really kind of found myself thinking throughout the movie was I was trying to put myself in the 1970s when it was first coming out. And I was just like, 
how the fuck did people like this movie? Because they have no idea what's going on with any of these characters. Nothing is like ever kind of explained. So it's tough to look at it through that lens. But um, knowing what I know, I like the movie a lot. All right. Uh, old Man Wade, what do you think? All right. So I'm one of the few people who saw it when I was younger but didn't really understand what I was watching. So I saw it again recently as an adult. And it, it's, it's kind of a mess, but it's a fun mess. Like, okay. So having seen the uh, – so I saw both the original and the uh, George Lucas F up when, like, Guido shot first, you know what I mean, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the the re-release ones are pretty bad, like, you know what I mean? Like, Han was supposed to shoot first because he's a dickhead. He's supposed to be that guy. That's the person he's supposed to be. So it was weird watching the new ones again. And then the random things that, like, when, um, like, Family Guy and Robot Chicken had made all those jokes – you start to notice little silly things like when um, Han Solo says, don't worry, I got some moves. And then he just lazily moves to the left. And like, supposedly that's supposed to be like the, a big deal. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, but honest, but honest to Odin, I kind of, I still really enjoy it because the title is very appropriate. Like a new hope, like despite uh, um, Alderaan getting blown up and everything else that happened, they still managed to, like, you know, keep, like, that hope that, like, you know, they can overcome, like, um, um, unbeatable odds and then win. But the one thing that's always annoyed me about that movie is how um, Luke shot that laser and it just mysteriously went down and then in. Oh, yeah. That is so ridiculous. (laughs) The whole thing of that part is ridiculous, though. Yeah, but overall... I think of it that Obi-Wan helped him with the Force. That's that's what I'm gonna tell myself until it's <laughs> through in my own brain. But we want help them out. No, it was a force, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, listen, I, I'm just gonna get this off my chest right now. Okay. I I am I I sat here last year. We talked about this, Big Mike, and Mike and I talked about this when we did the Last Jedi review last year. And I sat here. And I listened to all the people talk about for two for four years about how Ray is a fucking Mary Sue and she just figures shit out and she didn't get any training and blah blah blah. Listen, people actually say that. I saw Luke Skywalker with no training at all. First of all, okay. First of all, he ain't never flown a real jet ever, a real ship ever, and. He wasn't part of the resistance and part of the rebels. They don't know him. So he just shows up and he's like, I can fly a plane. And they just put him in the most crucial mission that they have to do to fly in with no testing. No, like, are you serious? Who is this dude from Tatooine who claims he can fly a plane? No, no, no. We're just going to put you in a goddamn plane in the, in the biggest mission ever and just let you go. And then... He gets in that plane and he takes off the computer shit and goes, I'm going to do this by my eye and just fucking nails it. <laughs> don't sit here and tell me what. And here's the thing. I don't have a problem with that. My point is, if you got a problem with Ray and you don't have a problem with this, then there's a problem with you. But I mean, if we're going to be realistic about it, again, Family Guy hit all the heads when it was just like um, the force, for example, was like he didn't even believe in it two days ago. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, he like he has this like masterful, like 
like like you know genius level like experience on it. And the people are mad at Ray. I think the way Ray did it was actually a lot better. If I'm gonna be honest about it, that is that is quite funny. So Big Mike, when um, comparing this, so if you take a, if you take this out of the context of 2019 and you put yourself in 1977. How do you? How does that change how you look at this film? Because for me, if I put myself in 1977, I'm fucking blown away because yeah. there's nothing like this, nothing uh, even absolutely. remotely like this. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, I was I was trying to put myself in that frame of mind the whole movie because um, you can't go in expecting the Last Jedi with crazy like graphics and, and CGI and then these space battles and everything. Mm-hmm. So. With the technology that they had available, um, with like all things considered, I think they did an awesome job. Like you said, it, it would have been mind blowing to see this this kind of movie in uh, in theaters, especially if you're in 1977 and you haven't been exposed to anything like it ever before. Um, the only thing, like I said, that was like, if you are in 1977, this is the very first Star Wars thing ever, um, as as far as movies go. It's just like. Who is this guy? Like the first things you see in the movie are R two D two and C three PO. Like so, if you're if you don't really know, like is this what these movies are going to be about? Like is it just going to be these two robots? Is this what the movie's going to be about? And then you have all these people running and screaming and like trying to like fighting this weird ass black giant figure, and it's just like what the hell is happening? So. Uh, the, the first like 30 minutes I can see people just being like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, but it's, as the movie goes on, it just gets better and better. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, I thought that the movie had a lot of stupid stuff like watching it. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Um, but I had to take myself out of 2019's eyes, but here's the one thing that I, here's one, here's a few things that I just can't let go. And I just, I just can't let it slide. How does Vader sense the Force, and he senses Luke Skywalker, and he senses all that shit, and fucking Leia is standing right next to him? Like, hello, hello. Oh, shit. Hey, Charmaine. What's up? I, yo, Charmaine, I'm glad I actually looked down when I saw that. So, yeah, Look. Charmaine just popped in on our New Hope review. Madam Fury. Um, where, where, where are you at? What, what, uh, what you talking about? We just started. Oh, okay. So... I was getting ready to go on a little rant. So, Darth Vader can sense the Force. He can sense Luke Skywalker. He knows. He can sense all that shit. Fucking Leia is sitting right next to him. And he doesn't know oh, that's his daughter. come to the right place. He doesn't know that's his daughter. He doesn't know she's Force sensitive. None of that. She's just Princess Leia to him. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. This is, this, I just can't get past that at all. Because, But here's the thing. I can get past it because... She was never meant to be his daughter. That was a retcon. They changed that shit. I don't believe she was meant to be his daughter when they first designed this. Um, well, the kiss th- was that giveaway at that. So, you know. But you hate they kissed him. Well, no, in he, it was already circulating through Empire, and I, I'll tell you why. Um, yes, there was the incestuous kiss at the beginning <laughs> of Empire, but in the same movie, um, Obi Wan says to Yoda that. 
Luke was their last hope as he as he packs it up and goes to Cloud City to rescue his friends. And Yoda says, no, there is another. So it was already planned by that point it was going to happen. He just kept it under wraps from the from the cast and crew that it was going to be Leia. It was from what he says, it was in it was already in planning in during Empire that that was going to happen because they needed they needed something that was as big a punch as Luke being uh, Darth Vader's son. But from New group. Hope, it wasn't planned. For, from New Hope, I don't, I don't think, I'm not sure if it was, but I don't think it was. Originally, Luke was supposed to be Leia. Leia was, uh, Luke was originally supposed to be a female character, and that got changed before production. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, Leia is far more interesting than Luke to me. A hundred percent. Can I be? Can I be honest for a second? I never liked Luke Skywalker. <laughs> me neither. Until the honestly, I was never impressed with him until the very last. Uh, Star Wars movie that we that just came out yeah, last, last Jedi. Yeah, to the, the last, last Jedi. Scene, to the last yeah. scene of Last See, Jedi. I think <laughs> I think Mark Hamill on Twitter now makes me love Luke then, but Luke then I always thought of him as very whiny and and not as interesting a character as Leia. Yeah. Uh, but in in terms of your rant, Brandon, let, let me. I have feelings about it too. I also think it's ridiculous that. He doesn't sense her, or at no point do they end up acknowledging. It's always the focus on Vader is Luke's dad, Vader is Luke's dad, blah, blah, blah. But even after she finds out that she's his sister, they don't go into the whole, hey, uh, here's our dad, you know, stuff, whatever. I, here, here's how I, as a, as a former Star Wars fan who kind of slipped in my fandom over those last movies, here's how I make sense of it. Leia is so strong in the Force, but in a very, like internalized like not she's not using the force she's like a a shield or like an internal shield where her her power is that she can block <laughs> people picking up on her being force sensitive no 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 i'm calling bullshit because you can't even <laughs> <laughs> look at what she did in the le- in, in last jedi right she gets sucked out into space and her force sensitivity has protected her enough so that she could be brought back into the spaceship and so i think her force sensitivity is protectiveness like well versus... in, the, in the comic books they so the star wars book the marvel book takes place in between a new hope and empire and they kind of try to explain all these holes that was in A New Hope, um, and in the first series in the comic books. They're they're trying like they're trying their best to fill in like why all this stuff doesn't make sense. But at the time, I'm just speaking that as some like I talked about. First of all, I, went, I meant to say that if Mike was here, he would have been 100 percent with you, Charmaine, and Old Man Wade, because he's been saying this since we've been doing these reviews that Luke Skywalker is the worst Jedi of all the ones we've seen in any of the iterations of Star Wars on television or movies. So, like, Clone Wars and Rebels and the original trilogy, he mm. thinks Luke Skywalker is the worst out of all of them. And I can't say he's wrong. Like, uh, He had the least active access to real, you know, Force-sensitive training and, and, and Jedi training and things like that. So, in that respect, like... He's got a lot stacked against him. So if I'm, you know, if you're being charitable, that's that's his deal. Yeah, but he also but accomplished. He's the a whiny most... little bitch. Well, yeah, he's... He was a bitch. That's what it comes down to. He was bitch made. Why are we? No, nah, we're not doing it. 
Luke he got- steps up though. By by Return of the Jedi, he he's fully immersed. I think at that point, and I think I think you do. I know people don't love Return of the Jedi. I do. I'm still pretty nostalgic about it. Like I loved the Ewoks when I was a kid, and that didn't go away when I was an adult. I'm not one of those people that aged out of it. I would say that Luke is at his best in the original trilogy. He's at his best in Return of the Jedi. So Big Mike, hold up, Big Mike, what did you think about? You were on last episode when we did Rogue One, and we talked about how great mm-hmm. that scene was with Vader, right? So mm-hmm. when you f- go back in time to 1977 and see Darth Vader, what do you think compared to like how he was portrayed when we were talking about in Rogue One? Uh, obviously, it's, it's very different. Um, I mean, you get this fantastic scene with, with Vader at the end of Rogue One, just absolutely destroying an entire fleet of soldiers. Uh, and here, he has arguably the least exciting fight scene in movie history. <laughs> that, that lightsaber fight with him and Obi-Wan, o- Obi-Wan was so, so boring. It was just like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, because it was like two, two like 90-year-old men trying to fight each other with canes like that's that's what it, it felt like um, in 1977 it was dope as shit in no, 2019 no, no. what See, you no, have to do is say listen hold on i don't know man hold on because you also have to account for the fact no i know it's a lame fight me personally i think the worst fight is um darth sidious and the four masters in in revenge of the sith but i wasn't on that episode so whatever um <laughs> the thing about new oh. hope though is they don't have to have an all-out crazy-ass battle because they're battling more with their minds and f- and and the force and emotions. You got you got to put that in there so that you can accept that the physical fight is lame. <laughs> I don't want to hear that at all. Real, real quick on that on that Revenge of the Sith uh, fight with with Sidious and the Four Masters. I just watched I think this morning the how it should have ended for the Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen that. There's a scene where Windu and, and the other Jedi's they're like, All right, we're gonna go in this guy's a Sith Lord, so like if he has a lightsaber, don't just let him poke you. Like, try and fight him. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was that was really funny. But I, I I'm I'm less inclined to give you that but I mean, I get that it's a, an emotional battle between former master, Padawan, all the all the history there. I get that. But I mean they, when they did the whole blowing up the Death Star fight. That was exciting. Like they had a lot of cinematography that, that kind of made it nice. Um, and it was, I think they, they could have done it better. They could have done it a little bit better of a, of a lightsaber fight between the two, other than just them just kind of going back and forth six times before Obi-Wan just kind of, kind of gives up a little bit. Yeah, sir, man, you can't get this one because, and I know old man Wade will agree with me on this. I'm old enough to remember all those kung fu movies in the 70s. <laughs> all those kung fu movies, all those <laughs> movies with Asian actors, or not even Asian actors, with white actors and black actors doing sword they fights. they weren't 175 years old when they were fighting. Yes, but that's why you do stuntmen. Darth Vader's in the whole suit. He don't even, you could put anybody in that damn suit. Yeah, you can put anybody in that suit, for real. I'll go, I'll go with you on that one. And you but can, back... In the seventies, doing stuntmen and it not being so painfully obvious that it's a stuntman is different than it is nowadays. Yeah, it's harder mean, to pull off nowadays. I watched some kung fu movies and they still good. They still good. 
I'm gonna say this about Vader, even um this uh the movie being very dated, the one thing that still remains the same is Vader still seemed like a badass. Like, you know what I mean? Like just his presence and the way everyone reacted to the things he did, that one thing has has never changed. But I will say he kinda went out like a bitch in a, in a new hope. And it kinda it kinda tarnished I, I thought I kinda I think it tarnished the way he is. You know what I mean? Like like um like Brandon said earlier, uh Luke's never been in a spaceship. He's not he like you know he's not versed in what he did and no, what was it? Han Solo shot him down, right? Yes. Yeah. So even then, if like Vader's supposed to be this badass, Han Solo shouldn't have been able to take him down. It, it just like that part always bugged me. It kind of took. I always thought it took away from Darth Vader him losing like that. But then after reading the um, Marvel comics version of it, when they um, when they uh, did a scene where he lands, and the guys go, "You're surrounded," and Vader pulls his um, lightsaber out and goes. All I'm surrounded by is dead men. I'm like, okay, you redeemed yourself there. I think the I think the justification for that bit is that he's picking up on something he's uh, related to Luke. He's not 100 percent sure what he's sensing, and so he's letting it ride. Like he's he's just like it's already done. Death Star's already blown up. I'm gonna go ahead and bounce. I think that's the justification for him leaving like that. I can dig it to an extent, but we've all seen those villains. Who never get like who never shake even when they're feeling something like we've seen Thanos recently like he doesn't like falter or doesn't like you know get shaky when things happen he still remains like the badass tough intimidating guy yeah. that, you know what I mean it's and again I'm nitpicking here but it, it was just something that's always like really annoyed me about that one particular scene the the hard part about getting uh, my husband and I was just talking about this earlier because he he had to sit through some of these with me the last uh, couple of days is is that like. New Hope through Revenge of the of the Jedi or Revenge, uh, Return of the Jedi on, stand, standing on their own is fine. Creating the prequels and the, in particular the Clone Wars cartoon, you you set these characters up so well, like so you know, but especially the Clone Wars cartoon, like Anakin that Anakin is at his best in that in that cartoon series. So by the time you get him to the you get everybody to New Hope. It just sucks because they've they've built up a personality that we don't get to that they're not delivering on inside the the original trilogies and the original trilogy in these prequels and these cartoons they should have been building up to what we had, not give us all these great things and then oh yeah technology wasn't that good in the seventies you know it makes it really hard to enjoy or maintain how badass. Like, Darth Vader could have stayed badass if they had never done another Star Wars movie. But because they did what they did with Anakin, it makes it really hard for you to think of Darth Vader as badass as he is. Well, because that, now, Rogue One. Well, yeah. Rogue One is a very small scene, though, in which, like, like Rogue One gave us this, the feeling that we should have about Darth Vader yes. when Darth Vader is a mystery to us. Now we know too much. We know about Anakin, and because we know about Anakin more personally, you get him to you get him into into um, a new hope, and it's just kind of like, really, nigga, you've been a a Padawan, a apprentice to the Dark Lord of the Sith for twenty years. Well, also like, they you know, retconned that shit too because the whole time, the whole time Obi Wan is talking about um, when he's talking to Luke it, as a Force ghost. I think I'm getting into, no, I'm getting into Empire, so I don't want to go there. But I guess I'll just bring it up now because it's on my mind. But 
the whole time he's talking to Luke as um, a force ghost, he's talking about you need to go and see um, Yoda because Yoda is the person who trained me and Yoda is the person who who made me everything I need to do. And I'm like, what happened to uh, Kwai, what's his name? Kwai John Jin. Like, Wait, you did you really just make can't that say that up? word no matter what. I can't Qui-Gon say that. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. I hate that. I hate saying that. <laughs> what the hell? Like, did he just make, did George Lucas just make that shit up when he made episode one? I yep. don't understand Probably. what his deal was. I think I think George has such a, I think what happens is George created this great thing that people got obsessed with. And when they got obsessed with it, it took it away from him. And he's kind of like pissed off that it's bigger than him now and that he doesn't have the sense of control. And so he was just like, fuck you. Han shoots second and Qui-Gon Jinn is the one who taught uh, Yoda how to force ghosts. You know, like. I, oh, I but think if you they, watch it on Disney Plus, they he also just added a bunch of new scenes to these films. Uh, yeah. Did you notice yeah, that, Big Mike? Did you see that Jabba the Hutt scene? I well, did. that was uh, added way back when was... they re-released the the um the old movies back when the prequels came out on the D on the DVD release. They had done that back then. Oh, see, I've only seen I haven't seen that version of it till just now because I saw the mm-hmm. scene. I was like, I don't few, remember this shit. There's a few uh a decent videos on YouTube that like go shot almost shot for shot all of the the new edits from the from the re-releases and, and the additional scenes and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I did see the, the the original job of the hut scene, which wasn't originally even in the movie. Um, I don't I don't know why they felt the need to put that in. I guess well he I shot mean, it. That was out of the bag with with Jabba anyway from even just um, Return of the Jedi. So I don't know why they put it in because it was it wasn't ne- like a necessary scene. Like it didn't do much to like thicken the plot at all no he had shot that scene back then because he he had his vision of what java was going to be he just he and he was waiting for the technology to catch up and during the course of shooting they did not have the technology to catch up so it just sat in the you know in the cutting room basically on the cutting room floor until he finally had the technology and then he was able to do it my problem with that scene is that it makes java so less impending you know, like so, so less scary than than you did, get them when you get them in return. Like, did you see? Did you see the? I think it was the one of the first re-releases, either from '97 or 2004. The the CGI Jabba in like the first version, as yeah. opposed to the one that we see now. Oh, what I it don't. Look like? I don't check, clearly remember. You gotta, it, I mean, it still looks like Jabba the Hutt, but it is the most ridiculous-looking <laughs> Jabba the Hutt I've ever seen. It's the same look like at, the puppet that they online. used for for um for Yoda in Episode One was so shitty. I'm so glad they they fixed that because if you watch Episode One now on Disney Plus, you have yeah. you have Episode Two Yoda, and not the stupid puppet that they used in um episode one which was ter- was which was a worse puppet than they used well, in episode five well, but everything episode- was worse like we talked about this in our reviews like i prefer the technology they used in four five and six than in one two and yeah. three because that just yeah. looked horrible to me i'm watching that film and I'm like why is everything cgi for no reason and it's and you don't even have the ability to do great cgi like now they got great cgi and they're still building sets 
They're still building yeah. sets. They're still building puppets. They're still doing like real life, like real life props. And and they and they could do great CGI now if they wanted to. In 1999, you didn't have that, and you decided to do the whole movie in CGI, and not just the whole movie. They had that scene at the end where they were fighting on that hill in the grassy area. Why did you have to make a grassy hill CGI? Like, of all things, you couldn't go to some open plane and just shoot. You had to make that whole thing CGI, too. Like, it was so ridiculous. And the I'll, sand that Padme falls in in Clone War and Attack of the Clone is fake sand also. Well, I can answer that question for you, Brandon, because everything about episode one was terrible. That was one. <laughs> that, I'm, not even being, like, I'm not even trying to be funny. That was one of the worst movies I've it's ever seen. It's a terrible movie. It's, it's god awful. It, ru- it ruins a lot of Star Wars and in just. In general, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. It, it, it doesn't even move along the saga. Like it doesn't even pop off the saga no, at all. No, like it it's it's so it's it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. unnecessary. It was completely and absolutely unnecessary. Also, can we it, talk about how? Oh, go ahead, Charmaine. I'm sorry. I was going to say, even in terms of like the political direction that it went, like start the original trilogy wasn't really political, but because of what was going on in in America at the time that the prequels came out, he turned them to be very much a reflection of the evil that they thought of Bush, and in comparison to what we're dealing with now, it's hilarious. Uh, but like it was like a basically his commentary against bush at the time and even in terms of like the politics of the stuff that they created even that shit doesn't make any sense um but for some reason it was supposed to be this big old political commentary on what was happening in america at the time and it's just why was that important to the saga and this family in particular the skywalkers i have no understanding yeah so can we talk about how bad shooters everyone in this universe is at least in a new hope no one can hit anybody no no no. in a new hope the 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 stormtroopers do hit people it's the only one that they do the stormtroopers were climbing through that hole and (laughs) they couldn't fire through a hole like that big (laughs) asshole you couldn't fire through that shit luke skywalker at that one scene where they have to like jump across the thing is just shooting at the stormtroopers, just standing there and just missing them. We're just repeatedly missing them. And then he's just standing there and they're just missing him to a point where he can pull out like a like a grapple, wrap it around him in a layer, double check like 50 times, and then jump across the thing. Maybe it was their silent protest. Maybe they were on strike. Like, you know what? Since we can't really go on strike, let's just do some dumb shit. And just <laughs> yeah, that that actually is a pretty bad scene. That was like so it, in the movie. Like here's the thing, I always will say something like, "Oh, you know, it's 1977. You give it a break," and I'll still do that. But there was I've seen some movies from the 70s. There are some things in this film that absolutely could have been better for the 70s, but it took off because it was so different. Like it was just yeah. something that you just haven't seen before at that time so i i can totally get why it took off but like some of the acting like mark hamill now is just like infinitely better actor than he was back yeah then. this was his first gig before this he he did a he he did a small spot in an after school special on a commercial he hadn't done anything before star wars so he that, just was of all the people who auditioned he was the person who was like this is my shit <laughs> like he was a hardcore comic book star uh sci-fi nerd and that resonated that's why he got that job 
Oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense because he's trash in this film as an actor. He's terrible. And I mean, Harrison Ford's fine. Um, Harrison's gonna be Harrison no yeah. matter what he does, though. He's fine. Carrie, not. I mean, she wasn't great, but she was better than. She was better than um, Mark. Well, Carrie had just gotten back from the London School of whatever the fuck acting, and so she was still going in and out between this fake British accent she acquired while she was there and her American accent. And because she was whose daughter she was, she had to overdo it to like get some street cred because she didn't want to have gotten the job because she was uh, the daughter of two famous people. So I got a question for Big Mike and Old Man Wade, uh, but I'll start with Big Mike because he just recently watched this. So how much, so for me, and I was going to see if this is for, well, actually for all three of you, I didn't mean to single you two out. But for me, <laughs> watching this right after watching Rogue One actually makes this movie a lot better to me because that movie fills in so much for this film, like retroactively. Like how it was so easy for them to defeat the Death Star, where they got the plans from, who got the plans, why there's people called Rogue Two flying around, and who was Rogue mm-hmm. One. Like, it was just, first of all, just to go back to it in 1977, why would you call it Rogue Two and not Rogue One and make people, like, I don't know, okay, whatever, but it just filled in so much for it that it watching it right after watching that made this movie seem, like, infinitely better. Did that do the same thing for you, Big Mike, since we just watched Rogue One? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I don't think that like the the whole oh here's this like exhaust port like this is the exact thing that you need to to do it was like that big of a of a plot hole for me uh, just because like if you think about it kind of logically if this thing is the main reactor of a of a weapon strong enough to kill planets and destroy whole planets with like a giant laser beam there's probably going to be some heat coming off this main reactor and it's going to have to go somewhere like a nuclear reactor, a nuclear power plant has to cool. It has to like have some sort of cooling or else obviously you're going to have a meltdown. So like having there be some exhaust port from the main reactor of this giant weapon doesn't seem that far fetched to me. Um, I, obviously I love that you just said that. Convenient. That is the nerdiest shit ever. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's pretty convenient, um, a convenient way to, like, have that, like, be the resolution to the problem. Um, But I think the only thing that really put, like, had Rogue One really fill it in was how they got those plans um, and and how they were able to put this whole whole thing together. But I I do think it helped my my viewing experience for, for A New Hope just because it wasn't, like, a huge problem for me, but it was always kind of one of those, Oh yeah, like I wonder how that happened. Um, so I, I, I think this was the best way that we could have watched these movies in preparation for the, uh, for the newest one. Uh, old man, wait. Um, how did Rogue One? Uh, does that help? Does that make New Hope seem better to you or worse? Honestly, it didn't really do anything for me in general. I just Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars, Star Wars movie. Period. Mm-hmm. So it didn't me really. Too. Me too. Add- Mm-hmm. Only thing that really added was just the fact, like um, like Big Mike said, there's an explanation for how they got the plans. But other than that, it didn't really do anything for, like, it didn't add or take away anything from um, episode four, to be honest with you. Everyone that we had, so Heather Antos, when we had her on, she said Rogue One was her favorite. It's my favorite. It was Mike's 
uh, favorite. Big Mike said it was the best film, and Old Man Wade says it was his favorite. Like, I don't know. A shot man, That's you don't so like funny. Rogue One? I think I, you're the only I, person in the world I've ever met that may not like uh, it. Yeah, it, was, it didn't yeah, do really. it for me. Like, so, okay, I'll, I'll explain that now having watched it in chronicle, chronological order with the rest of these movies, I like it now. I like it better today than I liked it the day before yesterday. Um, <laughs> But uh, there's a, there's a lot of aspects about it, like story wise, in terms of like Star Wars lore that I didn't particularly care about when I first watched it, and it's one of the few I never watched again until until yesterday. Like, I was like, I don't need it. Like, it just wasn't it wasn't helpful for me. Um, I appreciate what Big Mike just said about explaining about why the exhaust pipe thing wasn't that big of a deal. Like, it it never really bothered me either. Um, but having seen Rogue One and then immediately watching. Uh, a new hope right after it did make me go okay you know like it made it actually did the reverse it made me like rogue one better than a oh, new okay. hope but mm-hmm. but my but also like i'm born in 77 i didn't see star wars the movie i didn't even know i didn't see star wars the movie until i was an adult i started with empire empire to, to this day is still my favorite movie even watching it last night still my favorite movie um of, of the of the whole series um and so, like, I I come to, I come to it with the, the nostalgia element and everything like that or whatever. Like, Star Wars is is obviously a big part of my world since all my cats are named for Star Wars and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, Star Wars is a big deal. I did not care about Rogue One. I didn't need them to fill in that story. Um, I'm also exhausted. I have, like, Star... I got Skywalker fatigue. Like, I do not need to know anything more about the Skywalkers ever. Um, oh, you're just and so, like me. <laughs> I think we're all like that. We were yeah, just so oh, like, yeah. that, that's why so I like, like Rogue One so much. It's well, just because like, Rogue it's One feeds story. The, the story, though. Like, Rogue yeah. One feeds this incestuous need to keep telling the same people's story. And that's why it wasn't important to me. But I like it now. But it was also the like only until movie that literally had nothing to do with the Skywalkers <laughs> in, the, in the plot of the movie. Like, in the actual, in the contained movie. So, like, if you look at the first three, it's obviously about Anakin. And then the original three is about Luke. And then even these ones, they're trying to be about Rey, but then they're kind of, like, shoehorning Han and Luke in yeah. them in ways where it makes, it's not about them, per se, but they're just kind of around and hovering over everyone. Devin's on here as well. And then Devin just left. Okay, Devin. <laughs> um, but they're kind of just hovering around everything. But like, if you watch Rogue One, if if you didn't watch any other Star Wars movie in your life, and you just turned on Rogue One, to me, it's the most single-contained movie that they've done. Because you I can, agree with that. You can watch yeah. that movie from start to end and be like, okay, that's a cool movie. Like, it's this movie about these these people who's on this last mission to save their like their troop, and they finally got it out. Like, you wouldn't even have to know what happened next because your right. assumption is that. Oh yeah, that helped them save the day, and they they got it to the people, and they sacrificed themselves to save the day, and so that's why I always I watched I've seen that movie so many times, and it was so great. Um, you know what my biggest beef with Rogue One is though? What? Princess Leia would never, ever, 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 ever have been sitting in that fucking ship waiting to be handed plans. That is not that's not Princess Leia's personality. She is first and foremost a fighting diplomat <laughs> she is not going to be sitting inside that thing waiting to be handed plans no matter what even if it was like it has to go from you to your dad to organa it doesn't matter she's still fighting in that fight 
it really bothers me that she was just sitting in that um, like cargo hold of the admiral ship until they got the plans. That shit was so that ruined it for me. That well, ruined it so much that I didn't care as much about the Darth Vader scene. Well, I hate to break it to you. Now that you've said that, George Lucas is going to go. Now I need to explain why that happened. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to another movie. All right, George, if you're listening, like that. She's I know you part, are like, listening, George. Don't do that. Yeah, please don't do it's that. It's happening. So Dev is not going to join us either. So this, so we might as well just roll into Empire. Mike, I don't know if you want to talk about Empire from your memory or not. It's up to you, um, Big Mike, if you want to do that. Oh, but, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I've seen it a few times. So I'll do the best I can from, from what I can recollect. All right, so let's roll into Empire Strikes Back. Which is, so, Charmaine, tell us why that's your favorite film. Um, well, because, you know, I'm Japanese, part Japanese, and for us, tragedy is, like, the tits. So um, I like things that are darker, and I like when I just like that kind of downturn. I like the shock of, not the shock of it, what is it, really? I like the I like letting us get so far into the into the story and then revealing something that has the potential to turn the direction of of the story so far, revealing that um, Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Like I just it the tone is a lot better for me. New Hope is too idealistic. I don't care for that kind of stuff as much. Um, I don't think New Hope was a good enough jump off to get a call to action for me. Like it's. I don't know. It just didn't really connect with me as much as Empire. But Empire is darker. It seems more realistic, and I just, I really like. It. I just really like it. Um, old man Wade, while we got you here, what do you think about um, Empire? I thought um, out of the episodes, I thought that was the best movie out of all of them. And I am a uh, depressing emo at heart so all the like the tragic moments and like Luke losing his hand excuse me the betrayal um Han Solo getting betrayed by like someone who he considered a friend or even just someone a confidant or something like that that was cool I thought uh Vader's plan and like him showing up was really fucking great it had a lot more quotable moments like I love you I know like I thought everything about um no good to me dead huh it's no good to me dead. Yeah, like everything about that, I thought everything about that movie was great. And it was kind of like the rookies got lucky in episode four, but like the uh, the real, like the legends came back and was like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to show you, and excuse my language, we're going to show you the big dick energy now. Like, you know what I mean? They came out in like full force with the giant, ro- the giant like dog robots, I guess, whatever they're called, and like Vader showing you like, no. I'm- oh my God, did you, don't come on a Star Wars thing and say giant they dog, dog robots. robots. They're worse than that. The walkers, they're worse. Charmaine, look, I'm, I'm a Star Wars, I'm a Star Wars fan adjacent. Like, you know what I mean? I love the, <laughs> I love the movies, but, I, but like my thing is always going to be like Marvel and like comic books in general. But I really, it's, it's Okay, I'll say it. Those were the dumbest robots. They're the dumbest things in history. I, I, oh my god, you, you are speaking. My, I was watching that, and I'm just they're like, dumb, but they tear shit up. This is the the one scene where, first of all, okay. See, here's the thing. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Debbie Down on Empire um, because I find Empire to be not bad in regards to the other three original ones, but 
I watched. Wow, not bad. I watched all the planes get shot down by the walkers, and they just blow up. Luke's plane gets shot, and he just has blue electricity around it, and he safely lands into the snow. Just smoothly, just uh, not even a bump or nothing. The just, force is strong with just him. Just to the snow. What do you not understand? And then, and then the walkers are like 50, no, man, mo- 50 yards away, moving in slow motion. And he's all he has to do is reach in the back and grab something. And it takes him 15 minutes to do that to the point that he has to dive out of the way from this slow moving thing from crushing him. I said, This is, this is ridiculous. Also, why did you pick a below freezing planet to hide away? Don't tell me because it's remote. Because all the all these planets is remote. You could have went to where Chewbacca's people are from and been in the remote. At least you wouldn't be in the freezing cold and do Yo, that. Yo, Brandon. Yes. It ain't that bad. It smells worse on the inside. <laughs> yeah, it smells worse on the inside. Also, what the hell was that? Like, what was that scene? And then he said, I'm gonna build a he said I'm gonna build a um Shelter. He needed to keep Luke warm while he built a shelter. What shelter? When they came and found him, it was just some piled up snow. He undid the shelter. Can I tell you my favorite thing? Is <laughs> watching like when Brandon gets as emotional as I do on things. It's one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> because everything he says, I second. That shit made me so fucking mad. Okay, we didn't get to Big Mike. Big Mike, I know you haven't seen it in a. A little while, but what were your thoughts on uh, Empire? Uh, I'm 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 in, I'm going to agree with Charmaine. This is one of my favorite um, Star Wars mm-hmm. movies. This, this, I don't think it takes the top spot for me, honestly. After watching Rogue One, it, it's probably Rogue One, um, but this one is is at least top three for me. Uh, I I really like the uh, the scene with the walkers and all the ships. Just be, simply for the, rack, the, the the reason that if you've ever played Star Wars Rogue Squadron on Nintendo 64, <laughs> one of the best levels in that whole game is like you and those little speeders shooting those those cables around the around the walkers and, and taking them down. Uh, so I, I like that scene a lot, pretty much specifically for that reason. But the movie as a whole is is great from from top to bottom. So uh, also, Mike, good. It's the oh, most emotional movie. Who is that? Mike, I'm going to call shenanigans, and I'm not going to allow you to bring nostalgia into your um, reasoning. What are you talking about? Star Wars is <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> not, nope. Mm-mm. Nope, not calling it. I will say it's the Cloud even, City even, scene. Even objectively, I think this is one of the top three Star Wars movies. I mean, I think everyone would agree with that. Absolutely. Um, I, think... I missed that. What would you say? Well, he says a top three Star Wars movie. I don't think it's not a top three movie that I enjoyed the most, but I think because, but I think it is a top three Star Wars movie. But I mean, that's not saying much because there were, to me, four bad movies, one okay movie, well, two okay movies and two good movies. So there, and then well, not accounting Rogue, I forgot about Rogue One and Solo. So. One great movie, two good movies. I don't need to talk about Solo at all. But it's not essential. I enjoyed the Cloud City scenes just because Billy D is just great. Um, oh, yeah. Those scenes are just fantastic. Um, I, I agree with Charmaine about him being betrayed. It's really poetic in a way. I kind of like that, especially given that Hans is a piece of shit. Also, Hans is mad creepy in this fucking movie in the beginning. <laughs> mad He's creepy. He's a little rapey. And here's the thing. 
What the fuck in nineteen? Okay, in two thousand nineteen, eyes. I'm like, oh yeah, get your do what you want to do, Leia. Oh, that's cool. In nineteen eighty, whatever nineteen eighty, in the world of nineteen eighty, they made a woman kiss his brother. So now, first of all, this dude's being creepy, who she doesn't like, or she claims she doesn't like, and so she decides I'm going to show him who I really like, and so she gives him gives her brother's long tongue kiss. And then five minutes later, she's in love with fucking Hans. I'm like, what the fuck happened? No, she's in love with him the whole time, but she knows he's not good for her. So she, in in an effort, and he and you know when you're crushing on someone that's a little bit annoying, you're trying to fight back. So she's she's not kissing Luke because she likes Luke. She's kissing Luke because she wants to. Yeah, but irritate in the, the Hans. whole first movie, she looked like she was in love with Luke. I'm talking about in the world of the movies. If you watch that first movie where the whole the whole third act is Luke and Leia together and then you come off of that and then you the first scene you see them together again in this film, he's sitting up there looking at Hans hitting on him and he's sitting hit the way the look, the look on Luke's face is like, you know she likes me, right? You know she likes me, right? You can keep doing this, but <laughs> she don't fuck with you. And then at the end, she's like, yeah, I don't really fuck with you. I like him. And then he just looks at him like, I tried to tell you. And then five minutes later, she's sitting up there and she's like, I don't like you. I used to think where it's like, you know, you like that person, but you don't like that person. I'm like, where did that fucking happen? Um, okay, there's one more thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. So and then I'll let you guys talk about the stuff you like, because there's some shit that pissed me off this film. <laughs> then the other thing is, he goes to fucking, uh, what's the planet called? Um, Dagobah. Dagobah. He Dagobah. goes to Dagobah with Yoda. And Yoda's supposed to be training him. He gives him the most entry-level fucking training class I've ever seen in my entire life. And then he's not even good at the training. When when Luke leaves, he failed at every every test that Yoda gave him while he was there. He failed. And then he leaves. And he goes, you're going to go lose when you fight Vader. And I'm like, he did lose eventually. But... See, he goes, you're going to go lose when you fight Vader. In this film, we're supposed to believe, even with what they've told us, just these films, not even looking at the prequels or Rogue One or anything else, just from the way they talked about Vader in these films, Vader's supposed to be this super powerful dark Sith Lord that's a badass in the world. Luke Skywalker failed at every test he was given by Yoda, and he had no training before that. And he had like five minutes of training on this planet doing nothing. And then he goes to fight fucking Vader, and Vader, and he's he's hang, he's basically going one for one with Vader for thirty minutes. They fought in one place, then they fight in another place, then they fight in another place. The whole time he's just fight. I'm like, you never had. I never saw you have any training with the lightsaber. How the fuck do you know how to use this lightsaber? And he's going on and on and on with the lightsaber. And then he finally. But well, you can say Vader. that about the New Hope too. He's instantly training with the with the remote, and he's wielding it and blocking all the shots until one shot misses it's that's just telling you that the force is strong with him not necessarily that he's he's trained show me it's like question. raw talent show yeah. me question is the force and i'm and this is going to sound like a joke but i'm really asking is the force like the power cosmic i i don't know i it is the power I, cosmic there's no definition to it yeah, that's it, it's basically we'll see the the problem with the force is that it's changed too much. And originally, the force was like this 
this energy source that flowed throughout the universe and through all the build beings. And then it became in the prequels, it became this thing that you were physically born in that's laced in your DNA. And some people have more a higher, like it's basically like having a higher blood cell, red cell count than white cell count or something like that. Some people just have a higher count of it than others uh, or some beings. Um, So much. Huh? I hate that so much, man. The Metachlorians was is a big problem, um, but they're stuck with it now because they made it canon. So it's like whatever the fuck. So it's it's one of those things. It's like it's 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 definable now because they've said that it's this it's this blood d- DNA thing. It but 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 before it was this mystery essence that kind of floated around. So in that respect, I would say oh, yeah. When did they say it was a blood DNA thing? Metachlorians are what makes it a blood DNA thing. He says it in in um, in uh, episode one. He says, you know, he checks he checks his blood and has it um, and has it uh, scanned for metachlorian count. It's off the charts. It's over twenty thousand. Not even Yoda has it that high. Um, and then he describes, and then Qui Gon explains it to um, uh, little Anakin later. Something about inside your blood, there's this thing, and blah blah blah. It gives you power, and if you can quiet your mind and listen to it, you can connect to the Force stronger. Blah blah blah. He's just more susceptible to the Force than anybody else because he's got a high midichlorian count. It's bullshit, but that's what it is now. So but now didn't they retcon now that in that. Last Jedi? Huh? Uh, didn't they fix that in Last Jedi with that last? I scene? haven't gotten back to Last Jedi. I've only watched it once. It was so terrible um, that I'm going to watch it as I I'm I'm not quite there yet. I'm finishing up the last bit of Return of the Jedi tonight, and then I'm going to watch uh, the next two, but um, tomorrow. You know you're gonna but, like uh, it better the second time. I guarantee. I might it. like it better the second time, but like, god damn it, like Ryan Johnson just made. He just. He he shit on the Star Wars saga in a different way than George Lucas did. George Lucas was like, I'm mad at you for being a fan of my thing. Ryan Johnson was like, I'm mad that anybody's a fan of anything. <laughs> See, I forgot Charmaine hates the new movies. I about that. See, at the well, end of the new movie, where they go to, where they show the scenes of all the different places in the universe and all the different people that are force sensitive, I thought that was changing that to say that, hey man, the force is just within random people. Like it could be anyone yeah. could be with the force, which to me is a much better story than I agree. It's these five groups of families that can just pass the force down to everybody, and nobody else gets a chance to have I, that. I think what they've done is they still allow for any potential person to give birth to a, a potentially powerful force sensitive person. It, now that we have the metachlorian count, it's basically like, let's say, uh, dwarfism or something like that, right? Like, two regular size, or I don't know what you want to call it, daikinis. Two daikinis can still give birth to a dwarf, but it doesn't mean that every child that they're going to have is going to be a dwarf. And two dwarfs can give birth to a daikini. Like, it's still a possibility it it doesn't matter. It just depends on how your recessive genes match up. Do you end up birthing something, you know, that comes out a certain way? Metachlorians, I think, are doing that same thing. Some people, some families are so strong in the force that as it, at metachlorian count, that as it passes and passes and passes, their, their people are going to be stronger. So even though Anakin is some kind of messiah that was born from the will of the force and put inside of a regular-ass woman... 
his offspring are strong in the force and they're like extremely powerful in the force and the weird thing is in any of the movies you never see them as powerful as they technically can be i guess until last hope you kind of see both of them exhibit their force powers in a way that shows that they're super duper strong so that's maybe one thing ryan johnson gave us um but the books and the comics and all that stuff show us a little bit more um but it doesn't mean that other people can't just be force sensitive and have a high midichlorian count it can still happen so the end of last jedi when you get to see all these children are force sensitive and you have like this is the new hope this is the real new hope that we've diversified the bloodlines and it's a potential that we can just have a force sensitive world as long as we can get to these kids and the, they can be raised happy but they're basically just creating a new uh, they're just repeating the cycle of taking children they're going to be taking children away when they're young train them into a certain dogma and then boom we're going to have the same problems that we just had well i thought no i thought it was the opposite of that i thought it was basically saying that like the whole jedi and sith thing is dead that shit is bullshit but you can be but she still has the jedi books well, she still kept the books, but in the world, I think that what they were trying to say is that the Force runs throughout through people despite you don't have to be part of the Jedi or part of the Sith or go through that religion. You can still be Force-sensitive and just be someone that don't got nothing to do with none of that shit. And so that's why I thought they were... But that's going. always been the case. Has it been the case? Yeah, yeah. But because there's a get... lot of people in the ex- extended universe that are Force-sensitive that aren't a part of... Either the Jedi or the Sith. Oh yeah, but that don't count anymore. I see what you're saying, but in the in the world, in the canon world, there wasn't anyone like that. There was just always people who got trained by the Jedi's or went to the dark side and then got trained by those people. Well, even that's fucked up because in the in the original trilogy, you're either a Jedi or you're a dark Jedi, and in the and because of the extended universe, you now have the Sith and the Jedi, and so there's the rule of two, so you can only have two Sith at a time. And and then you have all these Jedi, and so the light side of the Force is spread out through all of these people, and the dark side is like concentrated on two people at a time. But somehow, also, there are several people out in the universe using um, the dark side of the Force without being a Sith. Like, um, is it Clone Wars? The cartoon shows us that Saj Ventress is is a Force sensitive dark side user. She's not an official apprentice of Darth Sidious. But she works with them, and she works with Darth Maul, and she works with everybody until she's betrayed. Like, there's a lot of people that are still in canon stuff that aren't necessarily a Sith or a Jedi, but use Force powers. There's some Twi'leks that are like that, too, where they, they're Force-sensitive Twi'lek kids, but they're not being raised by the Jedi. It's in there. You're such a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I'm uh, not even mad. I, I love it. I did, There's a lot of things in here I just did not know about. Um, so okay, I got a question for all three of you. I'll start with Big Mike. So uh, we'll ask. I'll ask the third part of this question when we get to the third trilogy. Um, but Mike, who uh, who was your favorite character in the original trilogy, and then who was your favorite character in the? I mean, in the in one through three, and then who was your favorite character in four, five, and six? Uh, and then the same thing for Old Man Wade and Charmaine. Oof. Uh. I mean, because it's fresh in my mind in, in four, five, six, it's it's kind of hard not to go with Han Solo. Uh, I mean, how do you not fall for a scruffy-looking scoundrel? He uh, he's just such a cool dude, such a likable character, and um, it's it, it's hard not to root for the guy. So 
he he'd probably be my favorite in in the original trilogy. As far as the, the prequels, I've always been an Obi Wan Kenobi guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just I love how how loyal he is, how kind of steadfast in his own beliefs, and and he's just he has he just oozes integrity, and uh, I've always loved that about him. So I, I think pretty much by far he he'd be my favorite my favorite character from the original trilogy. Uh, old man uh, from the prequels. Um, for the originals, and this is, I think I may be the only person who will ever say this, uh, C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, you know what it is, man? It's like, okay, he's that he guy. he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you laugh because you know who I am. And, and, <laughs> but on top of that, it's kind of just like, everything is, God, Damn it! I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's always like that. <laughs> he always has sand in his underwear. <laughs> always, and you know, and it's, I get it because it's like I don't want to do this, but your best friend's like, "Well, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to die if you don't help me." And you're like, ah, so you you gotta you gotta kind of have to help him. Um, in, in the originals, and, and I I gotta go with Big Mike here, Obi Wan, and and mostly because of that last scene which I think is the best acting we've seen in any of the movies, was when he was like, you were the chosen one. Like, that scene in general, I think, was probably my favorite scene in any of the Star Wars movies, just because, like, all, like, the emotion he had in his face, as he had to, he had to basically had to cripple his, um, his friend, someone who was, like, a son to him, who was supposed to, like, you know, again, like, balance the force or whatever. But I, that scene always, like, resonates with me, because I get it. Like, when you're like, you have to do something you don't want to do, and that was... It was it was just freaking amazing. So yeah, so Steve, so Steve three PO is uh, and um, Obi Wan. We all know who um, Starmane's uh, favorite was in the in the prequels. So let's not. I don't even know why we're asking her. Why, why don't you why, why don't you guess out loud and then I'll tell I'll tell mine. Miss Windu, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that's not Big Mike's too. Him, I, was say, I, I take it back. Mace Windu's my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. Obi Wan can kick rocks. Mace Windu is that dude. <laughs> yeah, just turn coat all the way. That's hilarious. Uh, for me, and you guys um, might not be surprised. You might be. My favorite all-time Star Wars character is R two D two. Really? R- I am R two D two. He's resourceful as fuck. He gets shit done. He's always there when you expect him to not be able to be there. He is not built for anything. He's not athletic. He's not, he's, you know, he's just short, fat, and clumsy. But he always comes through in a clutch. And that's me. <laughs> so R2-D2 is my overarching R2-D2 of is all. the smartest person in any of these and movies. This is where the Metachlorians thing is all fucked up. The Force is strong with R two D two. He like if you're if you're viewing the Force as this like entity that's actually helping turn the tides of of light and dark, the Force comes through with R two all the time. But he ain't got no Metachlorians, so I mean, if he's non organic, so I um I don't understand the Metachlorians thing. But uh, I think the Force is strongest with R two than any other person, and he is my dude. But um, but yes, also my dad. I always had to go with my dad for everything. So Mace Windu. My favorite person is the same in both. It's Yoda. He's the best. I just love Yoda. Um, Yoda's- in the original and the prequels, he's just he's just the best. Um, 
He's so entertaining. But I also like the puppet much better than I like CGI Yoda. I don't know yeah. why, but it just hits differently to me. It's original, yeah. And the worst more... person is obviously Anakin Skywalker. Like he's just the worst. Like, <laughs> terrible. Like, he's I, just I, terrible. <laughs> I'm just so angry at. Like in rewatching the prequels, I found myself so angry so often because the to have Anakin be this person that for twenty to thirty years any of us who had seen Star Wars had to sit on who the fuck was Anakin? Like what made you turn to the dark side and da 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 da? Like everyone's gonna be able to play him had some. Like a like a shroud of mystery over him that was so dark that like once he pops up you're just gonna be like you're just gonna it's like emotionally you should just be destroyed by watching his path. Yeah. Fucking they get this kid who has the acting ability of Kristen Stewart and <laughs> and just like the only thing he can do is breathe heavy to show that he's upset. Ah. <laughs> uh, like I can't even deal with how terribly cast. Then they just made him a whole bitch. Like he wasn't even like this menacing, like this dude that had something terrible happen and he turned and just became this dark side. No, he was a fucking wimp. The best part of Anakin was baby Anakin when he was like six or how? What was he? Was he Big Mike nine? He's supposed to be ten. Nine or ten? Yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. kid. I was like, okay, I can see how this kid. And was supposed to be thirteen. That was the best part of the first film, and I say that fully aware of what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> because at least I was like, okay, I can see how this kid became like, he could go, get into the wrong hands, but he's clearly something. It's like when you see like a really, really smart kid, and you're just like, I hope he gets with the right people to harness that. I, like, I, you can see that. But then, like, the next two movies, he's just a whole whiny little bitch the entire time. And he's mad rapey. With fucking Padme, he's mad <laughs> rapey. rapey. He's so yes. rapey, and I'm just like, okay, I was like, okay, he's supposed to be a villain, so you make him rapey. But I'm like, that's not the type of villain that I thought Darth Vader came across in the original trilogy. He didn't come across to me as like a creep. He came across to me as like a like just a fucking no nonsense person. Who, he's evil. Yeah, just like evil, no nonsense motherfucker. Not not uh whiny. I'm hurt type of person so yeah he's just the worst like I, there's nothing they could do worse than Anakin Skywalker just nothing you could not try and do better why than that why would you say that out loud huh why would you say that out loud cause you know now something worse is gonna happen no nothing worse is gonna happen I actually think the new movie is gonna be good like well you know you got awesome. you got JJ back at the helm and say whatever whatever people's complaints of Force Awakens what I can say about that is that it felt like the original series and not that's why I didn't like it. It felt like Star Wars. Oh yeah, Big um, Mike didn't like that one as much. That was my whole thing with Force Awakens is that I think longtime fans had to take a step back and look at it as Star Wars came out in nineteen seventy seven. There's a whole generation of folks that that's not their shit. Like yeah. and so a new Force Awakens for what it was whatever you want to say about it, its design was to give kids and younger people of this generation the feeling that kids and younger people got in the late 70s when A New Hope came out. And if you look at it through that prism, that's exactly what it was. Now, Big Mike, I remember him doing this review with us. Yeah, Big Mike said, and he can speak for himself, but I remember him doing this review with us, him saying that that film felt 
too much like a New Hope. Like it was just a New Hope in twenty nineteen, yeah. twenty seventeen, whenever it came out. Twenty. It was just making it with a girl. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, literally I'm, following the same tropes as a New Hope. And I, I remember, that. I remember watching it in theaters and and watching it again after afterwards, where it's just like watching it. It's just like. Oh, that reminds me of this exact scene in the New Hope. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of this exact scene in, in the New Hope. Like it, it it served its purpose. Like I remember seeing it in, in theaters and seeing that Star Wars pop up on the screen and all the trumpets blaring and like I got the biggest chills yeah, uh, that I've same. probably ever had in, in a movie theater uh, when that happened. And I was so like, excited for it. And it, it like I said, it served its purpose. It got the general public back into star wars mm-hmm. um but i was i'm just ready for something something new and i think that's why i like the last jedi or at least the last hour or so of it because yeah, it was too. just like all right we can respect the old movies for what they were they served their purpose they were awesome now it's time to to, to start new that's start why fresh. i hope the name of this film is a, a big misdirection because i thought the last like i thought part of the last jedi dragged and had some issues but I thought the last hour was us moving the fuck away from this shit that we've been doing yeah. for 30 years. And so they come out with a new movie, the, uh, the new movie called Rise of the Skywalkers. And I'm like, Rise of the Skywalkers? Yeah, the title really, really pisses me like, off. Like, really? But to me, I think I don't think Disney is that stupid. So I think they're like, we're going to name it this, but it's not going to be what you think. It's not. Because everyone's my, thinking my favorite like. Theory in, yeah, my favorite theory in terms of the name is that. Skywalker is essentially the new word for Jedi. And I think that's kind of smart where it's like, you can still give the hat tip to the original movies and and that whole Skywalker series. um, But have the new movies be totally different from, from here on out. So that, that was the theory I heard. I think it's kind of interesting, but I'm not sure. Yeah. If they do that, I'm, I'm, I'm good on, on them going for, cause you know, there's a whole nother trilogy coming out. After that, yeah. oh, and then yeah. they got all these I'm, shows I'm, I'm on Disney that. Plus and things like that. So, like, like one thing, like with the Mandalorian, right? They got Yoda, which is kind of a tie to the, like the Baby Yoda thing. But if you watch the Mandalorian, it's really just a western in the Star Wars universe. Like, it's just a western. With and yesterday's episode was awesome. Yeah, I had to watch that one. No spoilers, please. <laughs> yeah, I got to no watch spoilers, that. But it was, it was. This one might might be my favorite episode so far. But the, the whole series has been fantastic. But I, I really enjoyed this this past episode. Yeah, I've been, I've been loving that too, and I like how it's just like, yeah, dog. Th- th- well, this takes place after Return of the Jedi, so it's like Luke is off somewhere. Fuck him. Um, yeah. We're gonna tell the story of something else that has people's interest from the things that don't count anymore. <laughs> from it's, yeah, it shows you that it's possible that in this entire galaxy. There are other people to tell stories about. I uh, <laughs> I think that's good. I do hope it's a misdirection. I the the title makes me pretty angry, like irritated. But and I was fully ready just not to care. Le- Last Jedi kills it for me so much. It's so poorly done as far as I'm concerned. In, in terms of like full on nostalgia for Star Wars and the fandom that we have in our household, it fucking killed it for me. And um, it'll be interesting to rewatch it this time around because um, I just don't know. Uh, there's certain things that I thought were cool little elements, but primarily I have a real big problem with the direction that the story went. Um, and so with this one, but then the trailer comes on for this one and I get teary eyed the same, like what big Mike said that, that effect of like hearing the trumpet pop up and, 
um, you know, seeing the words Star Wars flash across the screen. And then all of a sudden, like the, the music of Star Wars is so moving that I cannot get through that fucking trailer without getting emotional. And so, you know, like I'm here for it. I'm going to I'm going to be there <laughs> in my fandom for it or whatever. Yeah, but, uh, I will say this, I, though, that trailer, it looks like so much week, shit yeah. is going. Yes, yeah, this week. It looks like so much shit is going on. Like I'm Holy like, there's shit, a lot that they gotta do. I'm like, we I, have... <laughs> I want. Holy to... shit! Yes, this yeah. week, bro. <laughs> My tickets aren't till Friday because I was originally protesting it, like not protesting it, but I was just gonna be like, I'll see it because I just kind of didn't care. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, fuck! And so by the time I saw the trailer, I had to buy the ticket, and that was Friday, not Thursday. So this will be the first time I'm not seeing it on the very first show since the. Uh, since Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I'll be there. Mike, Thursday Mike got us tickets for one third, the one thirty a.m. showing. <laughs> so might need to call out of work the next day because that's oh, gonna yeah. be brutal. We're not gonna get back until like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, so, you, you okay, earned that. You me, earned that sick time, Big Mike. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. For me, I I kind of. So, like, I'm programmed by the way Star Wars has taught me to be programmed is that the downturn of the second movie is supposed to make the next movie either really, really hopeful or really, really sad. Um, we, if you go in chronological order, the first trilogy ends really, really sad. The second trilogy ends really, really hopeful. So, this one needs to end really, really sad for me. <laughs> But it's called Rise of the Skywalkers, and they ended the last movie with hope. So I I cannot figure out how to end this movie satisfactorily for me. We need a really good on-scene death screen for, scene for Leia, and we're not going to get that because she already died. Um, and if they CGI it, ugh, I mean, you're going to always not going to be able to tell the emotion in a face on a CGI character, no matter how good it is. Even though even Tarkin, as good as Tarkin looked, his anger was not expressed correctly, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I can't figure out how this one ends that is satisfactory. If it's some kind of weird way in which um, Ben and Ray are somehow keeping the force in check by having a relationship or some bullshit, which I kind of felt like that's what the last movie was telling us was going to happen, but I know that J.J. retconned a bunch of stuff, so I, I don't know what can I happen. I think in Disney's movie. doing the thing that Marvel does is where... They put out shit and they make you think one thing, and then you get in there and it's totally different. Because when you watch the trailer, you see all this fucking action, which I do think is going to be a lot of action, which is good, which is a blessing of 2019 and this time period is where Star Wars should have always had this much action, but they just couldn't do it as much back then. So now. Well, because it, without Star Wars the original, we don't have the technology to do Star Wars that we have today. Like, Star Wars was how this technology was created. Right. So now we're getting, but they, here's the thing: in the prequels, they could have done more action, and they they chose to do bullshit CGI shit. And I think now, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of action. But when you watch the shit, it's you you're thinking like, oh, Ray's going to turn to the dark side. What's going on with Palpatine? Why is he back? And people, are, that's all the questions people keep asking. I'm thinking you're going to get in this film, you're going to get in this movie, and it's not going to be none of that shit. I mean, it's going to be in there, but that's not going to be the main takeaway from it. It's going to be something that nobody is talking about. And I think, I think it's going to be something like all everyone on this podcast have said is it's going to be something that moves the story forward. 
which we definitely um, need. I'm going into this movie like I went into Endgame and in Infinity War. I've stopped. I've stopped watching trailers. I'm, I'm not watching the new teaser that came out the other day. Uh, I want as little information and as, as much of a blank slate as possible going into this movie because uh, I'm, I'm super, super excited. And I don't want my my own spoilers in my own head to kind of view <laughs> the uh, how good it is or or how bad it is or. I don't want any expectations. I just want to be there and enjoy it. Yeah. So before we get out, oh man, we had to bounce. So we'll just have uh, Charmaine and Big Mike do this. Um, Big Mike didn't rewatch it, so I'm not going to ask him his grade on this one. But uh, Big Mike, what's your grade on A New Hope uh, out of ten and the rewatch? And then Charmaine, what's your grade on A New Hope and Empire uh, on a rewatch? I'm gonna give A New Hope. I'm, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like a seven and a half, eight ish, somewhere in that range. Um, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it more than I thought I was going to in in the rewatch, but there were still some problems for me. Um, a few scenes I could have done without here or there. Um, a lot of the, I mean, the CGI add-ins kind of ruined it a lot for me. Like when when they're coming into Moss Eisley on the speeder and there's just all these CGI animals and stormtroopers and everything. I mean, I know that's not, it's not fair to, to judge the movie itself because of post like post movie edits, but, but that's, uh, the that, that's just kind of, that's the movie. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have to but, change uh, that but, shit. Yeah. No. So that, that stuff bothered me. It's just cause you don't need that shit in there. Like I, I really hope at some point George Lucas is like, Hey, Here's the here's the movie in its original form, remastered, like high definition. Here you go. This is what the people want. I I, I don't. I think he, if he did that, it would it would sell like crazy. It would stream like crazy because people people would love that. Um, but yeah, New Hope, seven and a half to eight. We'll give it a seven point seven. Split the difference. Uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, not not the uh, not the gold standard for me. For New Hope, for me, um, it's hard to watch it now without memes popping up in my head. So, like, uh, Luke losing his family and seeming to not have much emotion about it, and then losing Obi-Wan and he's devastated after Leia just lost her entire planet. That meme of, um, oh, I'm sorry that the space wizard that you've known for three days died. I just lost my whole planet. Like, that's how I felt about New Hope this time around. Like it was fine, but in comparison to the other movies and things like that, it, it just wasn't enough of a jump off for me. And it's kind of a joke now. So I kind of put it in like the six to seven, six and a half range, maybe. Um, it looked. It, I mean, it still looks good. It's still you know it, there's flow to it and stuff like that. But it just doesn't have the punch to get me going on a call to adventure like like you kind of. Ex- like we're basically told Star Wars was. Uh, for Empire, though, I still think Empire holds up for me. I'd put it as probably like an 8 or 9 because it's just it still does for me what it, what it did for me when I was younger. And it has all the things I like, betrayal and, um, you know, dark turn of a story. Not sure if it's going to work out for our heroes, you know, ending on a down note 
that where people are still optimistic that they have a shot, things like that. So I'm going to go, yeah, we'll go like eight, eight or nine for Empire. Yeah, New Hope is a seven, a six and a half for me. I mean, it's it is what it is. Uh, it's still a fun movie. Like, yeah, uh, I watched the movie and I'm not bored. I don't think it's terrible. It's just not. It's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. It's like I always tell people, you can enjoy a movie and then not be good. It's okay. Like, you, it's okay to say this movie's not good, but I still enjoyed it, and I mm-hmm. I'll always enjoy New Hope because it's a lot of funness and quirkiness and nostalgia to it. But there's a lot of just stupid shit in it. And there's a lot of stuff that they clearly didn't think through. And then Empire makes A New Hope worse because they go back and just fucking rewrite a lot of the shit that they did in New Hope. Not rewrite, but just basically shit all over some of the stuff they did in New Hope to make, mm-hmm. honestly, a better movie. But it continuity-wise, it makes New Hope look more stupid. Uh, I know that's not proper English, but I'll just say that. More uh, stupid. And then uh, Empire, uh, like I said, I have my issues with Empire. I don't think it's as great as most people think it is, but it's, I think it's actually a good movie. So uh, I would give Empire like a seven and a half or eight. Um, and as a Star Wars film, it's it has it's a very emotional film. Um, it has some really cool cameos and cool pop ups. You get to see different planets uh, really for the first time. I mean, you see a couple in the first one, but you get to see more planets in this one, and they kind of expand the universe a little bit more. Uh, you get backstory. You start to build the the empire. To me, is what really builds the lore of Star Wars more than anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, and New Hope is kind of like this thing that they just did, and the empire was like, okay, we're gonna actually build this thing out, and that kind of really built out the world that we kind of get to enjoy today through Clone Wars and Rebels and the new movies and Mandalorian and video games and comic books and all the stuff that we get now that's better than the shit George Lucas did. The best thing that he did was. He created this universe. I always mm-hmm. say George Lucas is a big picture guy, but get him out of the weeds and get him away from the stuff now, which he's stepped away from the stuff now. And out of the most of the, I know Charmaine has her issues with the new movies, but out of the things that we got in modern day Star Wars between the movies and TV shows and video games and comic books and cartoons, it is way more in depth and it takes way more care into what the story they're trying to tell. And they make the stuff that George Lucas did a whole lot better because it fills in the gaps, it explains things, it tries to make things make sense, and then it tried, and then now we hope, all of us hope, they're trying to move forward to explore the rest of this universe. It's like if we watched the Marvel movie and everything was centered around Tony Stark, it would be like, yeah, that's cool, but like, can we get some stuff away from Tony Stark? It's similar to DC and how DC's whole thing is Batman-centric. If you watch the mm-hmm. animated movies, if you read the comic books, it's just Batman, 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 Batman. And Batman's great, but I'm like, you got a whole universe out here. You can tell stories. Everything does not need to come back to Batman. When you watch the animated movies, it'll be like Teen Titans, then somehow Batman's in it. It'll be Green Lantern, somehow Batman's in it. And you're just like, you can tell these stories with these characters without Batman being in it, and it'll make it better. And so, like, in the Marvel, you get to go to Guardians of the Galaxy, and they don't meet up with Tony Stark until the final culmination of the movies. And so you can watch that movie, and it can be completely separate from anything you saw with Iron Man. And that that's the way you expand the universe and tell different stories. And I think uh, Star Wars has a chance to do that. Um, and I'm hoping that this movie that comes out this week is what leads to that. Um, so, Charmaine, tell everybody... Uh, uh, you haven't been on in a little bit, so tell people about your shows and where they can find you. 
Uh, technically, I'm on hiatus this month, but I'm still dropping shows, um, reruns and things. Militantly Mixed, podcast about race and identity from mixed race perspective. We're on all of the podcatchers, iTunes, Stitcher, Sound, or not SoundCloud, all the other ones. Um, Blurred Comics, uh, we also are on all the podcatchers, and that's about, you know, comic books and pop culture and geeky shit. Uh, we should come back off a hiatus during December because so much shit has dropped, but, um... We're trying to give ourselves a mental health hiatus during this month. And um, I'm actually getting rid of temporarily. I'm putting to bed by Furious because I'm too busy. I got too much stuff going on. And I can only have the capacity for three shows, not four. Uh, and Black Radical Queer, a show I produced for Javi and Nicole, is still going. And it is going really strong right now. So if you need some Black Radical Queerness in your life, you need to check that out. Also on all the podcatchers. And my Twitters and Instagrams and Facebooks are all the same names as the show. Militantly Mixed, Blurred Comics, and Black, Red, Queer. Big Mike, thank you for coming back. We're gonna, I know you're busy, but we're going to try to get you to finish the last three movies, hopefully. we'll Maybe we'll double up um, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, um, and then we'll do Return of the Jedi on his own, so that way we can get them all out before Thursday. But Big Mike, thank you for joining us again. Uh, on these reviews absolutely we love having you on these things you're the best um we'll be back next week uh we got a lot next week like a lot like i gotta do like a couple movie reviews with Rashani. then we got last we got rise of the skywalkers we got uh return of the jedi we it's gonna be like in the regular it's gonna be like six podcasts out next week so it's gonna be a lot so just try to listen to whatever the hell you want to listen to because i know everyone got their time but thank you for listening And we will be back soon and talk to you later.